Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode number 170 of the Love Life Connection podcast. I'm so excited to be back in your earbuds again. And if you're new to me, if you just joined me for the first time and you're listening to this podcast for the first time from my workshop, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you love the four mistakes most women make even when looking for love. And I hope you continue to enjoy this podcast and all the other things that I put out on the internet. So today I've got a really special episode. It's actually an episode that I've aired before, but it's been a minute since it's been on the air and it's such an important topic and it's actually one of my most downloaded episodes. And so I thought that this would be a really great time to bring it back to the surface again. So whether or not you've listened to this interview with Sarah Jane Case or you haven't, just know that what we talked about in this episode is 100% timeless. So the topic of our episode is it's actually a very different expert interview. A lot of times I'm interviewing someone that I don't really know that much about on a topic they're an expert in so that I'm learning, but then also hopefully you're learning as well. But with this episode with Sarah Jane Case, it's so funny because we're both from North Carolina or from Asheville, North Carolina. And we have a lot of mutual friends from Asheville, except that we met each other through the internet and not through the people that we know mutually in Asheville. So it's pretty funny to think about that. Um, But anyways, we have a really beautiful conversation on what real love looks like. And I think this is a really important conversation, not because we're the all knowing of what real love looks like, but because real love looks different for everyone and for different phases of life and seasons of life. And I think it's really important to um, 
pull back the curtains and just really explore like what does real love look like for other people? But then what does that mean for me? Because a lot of times I think we get under a lot of pressure of a relationship has to look a certain way or feel a certain way. Or maybe we see, um, you know, a friend's husband do something really nice for their wife, like, oh, shit, why is my partner doing that? Does that mean I'm in the wrong relationship? Or he's a bad guy or not the right person or whatever it is. Or even sometimes you might watch something in a movie or a TV show or a news story. And and you're like, crap, my partner doesn't do that for me or say that to me. What does that mean about my relationship? And, you know, then you can just really begin to spiral. And, you know, people have all their opinions about being on the apps or texting or which app to be on or what your profile should say, what your pictures should say. And when it comes to actually being in a relationship, a lot of people tend to have a lot less opinions unless they're talking about some other crappy relationship that they know their friend is in because it makes themselves feel better. I will get off my soapbox. But the point is, is that sometimes I think it can actually be a little unclear about what real love is supposed to look and feel like. Is it supposed to feel 100% romantic and passionate 100% of the time? And if it doesn't, what does that mean? Is that good or bad? Is that normal? Or if you are fighting in a relationship, is that normal? Is it too much? Is it too little? Is it a bad sign? Or is it just what it's supposed to be? And I think a lot of times we can really just mull in these thought cycles ourselves and alone because we're too scared to talk to someone about it because we think someone's going to tell us something we don't want to hear like, oh, you know, maybe this relationship isn't right for you or he's not the right guy. And so we're just sharing two different examples or two different realities of what our relationship relationship looks like. And they're different. And there are also some similarities. And I think the more that we can have these honest conversations, and I think the more honest we, we can be with ourselves in the relationships that we are in, or will be in in the future. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. I love this conversation. Again, such a beautiful conversation. And I'm so grateful for Sarah Jane Case for reaching out to me over the internet. um, uh, And you know, being from the same town. So super, super fun with that. And before we get to my conversation, I just want to let you know that the Love Action Tribe is open for enrollment. I opened it last night to the women who came to the workshop and also today to the women who are coming to the workshop and it'll be open for the next week. And this is the only time we'll be able to join the Love Action Tribe between now and when we open again in the fall, which will be sometime around September. And I'm not 100% sure, but I think this will also be the last time that the pricing will be at $35 a month. So if you want to join us and get locked into that price, now is the time. And I've also added a new year option. So if you don't like the idea of a monthly payment, I totally understand that. So I created a year-long subscription where you can join for just $350 for the year and you get two months free. Plus you get a 30-minute coaching call with me. And in this call, I'll help you get just really um, clear some blocks and just help you really get focus on what to focus on in the Love Action Tribe because there is a lot of stuff, but the good news is that you don't have to do it all. And in our 30-minute coaching call, I can help you get really clear on what's important for you to work on and what can either be put on the back burner or what's not so important, just depending on where you are in your life and what your relationship goals are. So if you're new to me and not sure the Love Action Tribe is, the tribe is my membership community and I've really created it to be a place where you can get a step-by-step action plan to finding real love based on where you are in your phase of relationships and love. So 
if you're getting over an ex, if you're single and not ready to mingle and working on yourself, if you're dating a lot, but nothing sticks, if you're in a kind of sort of relationship, or you want to turn the relationship you're in into, into the real thing, into a commitment, then we have love tracks based on where you are. And those love tracks are just consistent of um, a lot of different mini love lessons to follow. And they're curated for you know where you are and where you want to get to depending on your love phase. Because the truth is, is that if you're getting over an ex, you're going to need different things for someone who might be um, wanting to turn a relationship into a long, serious, you know, longer, serious commitment, right? You're going to need different resources, different tools. And um, so I've created love tracks for you to follow based on where you are. And what I love about the Love Action Tribe is that we do the deep work. So we do the inner child work and the mindset and the beliefs and the lies that we tell ourselves and all that kind of stuff and shift it so that you can, you know, get yourself into a high vibrating place to attract the kind of relationship you want. But it's also very, very, very actionable. A lot of times I hear women say, well, you know, I know that I have daddy issues or I know that my confidence or worthiness is holding me back, but I don't know how to change it or I don't know how to attract a different kind of guy or a different kind of relationship. And I'm really proud to say that the Love Action Tribe is super actionable. Nothing is just about theory or a bunch of fluff. You will always get from me very actionable steps to take that are deep and meaningful and not just dumb things like, oh, just change your profile or just text this instead. Because sure, that might get you a date if you're lucky, but that's not necessarily going to get you love. And it's certainly not going to get you the kind of relationship that I think the women in the Love Action Tribe want to call in. So if you'd like to join us in the Love Action Tribe, then head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash tribe. The enrollment will be open for about the next week or so. So depending on when you're listening to this episode, don't delay, make sure you head over there. And if you are listening to this episode down the road and we are closed and you can still head over to that link and just add yourself to the wait list so that you don't miss the next time that I open up enrollment, which again will likely be in September. Um, but again, if you are listening while enrollment is open, make sure you get on the train because I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think the price is going to go up. So I just want to give everyone a fair warning that that could be a very real possibility for the fall enrollment. All right, so that is all I have for you right now. And so let's get to my conversation with Sarah Jane Case on what real love really looks like. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, and welcome to the show, Sarah Jane. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. So we met really funny over, I just wanted to share for people listening over Instagram. You messaged me first, right? Yes. And... And like, and then I was like, looking at who was following you and who you follow. I'm like, oh my gosh, we have so many friends in common. Oh my gosh, she's from Asheville, or, or like, <laughs> you're like actually from Asheville, <laughs> <laughs> which is a rare breed for sure. I know we were talking about that. I, I know the last time we spoke, like, like I was here when Bean Streets was still here. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but, we probably knew each other somehow. I know, I know. Kids. So it's such yeah. a small world that we met each other like through like the online entrepreneur space, but mm-hmm. we've been, our paths have probably been very close, if not completely crossed like way earlier in our yeah. lives. And it's weird that I didn't even know you because we do have a lot of mutual friends. Um, yeah. In all kinds of spheres, I think. Yeah. Yeah. In multiple ways. Yeah. From like more current day stuff, but then also like childhood friend stuff. So, mm-hmm. so crazy. Um, so, so funny, small world. Um, 
And you can meet real people online, including online dating. So FYI for everyone yeah. listening. <laughs> Just like, like to plug that because I'm a big fan of online dating. Um, but we're not going to talk about that. And well, maybe you'll talk about it in your story. Um, but I don't know about so I don't want to put words in your mouth. Um, mm-hmm. That's not the focus of our conversation today. Um, so before we kind of dig into stuff, can you tell um, the listeners who you are and what you do in the world? Absolutely. Um, so my name is Sarah Jane, and I work mostly with um, female entrepreneurs who are looking to have a better relationship to their business. So I help them to prioritize and systemize and prevent burnout. And um, a lot of my women have reached a degree of success and they're looking for the next level or um, their business is kind of running them versus the other way around. So I help them to really focus and get things to where they can have more time off and make more money and those kind of things. Um, but I think that my ultimate work in the world is really just telling my story so that other people can heal theirs and feel more normal in this process of life. Yeah. So what is your story? Um, my story, I think, so I've been, I've been working on this concept of I've been a lot of people in my life and I've experienced a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And through that, I am able to be compassionate with lots of people. So, you know, my, I come from a rough childhood and so I can be compassionate with that. And then I have a um, plus size body. And so I have that story and I've done the work of loving myself through that and celebrating it. Um, and so that's a piece of that. And then the world of entrepreneurship, as you know, is this whole other land of self-compassion and exploration and new ideas and breaking points that some people may never experience. And some people will experience, you know, for years and years. And, and that's another piece of my story as well. And as I've, I've been married once before and I'm, in the process of getting married again. And so that's a whole other piece of that story as well and mm. healing and growth. Mm. Well, being a relationship podcast, I definitely want to, want to get into, into that. Um, mm-hmm. I really love this idea of, um, you know, having a story and then seeing, okay, what is like, how does this story that might be like on the surface level or the objective level, like objectively bad, right? Or like not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and using that to, um, um, I don't know what the word is to like, to in- inform like, not shoot, I'm like, not be- being able to um, formulate my, my thoughts very well. But basically seeing it as like an asset and something that makes you like, mm-hmm. actually a really stronger partner or a friend, because you know, a lot of times, at least in my world, a lot of clients come to me and there's like, I'm so broken. Like I've never Mm -hmm. even seen a healthy relationship. I've never had a healthy relationship or like I was abused or all these like, you know, objectively quote unquote bad things, but it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. you've experienced some like not great things in your life, but are you going to let that, you know, are you going to be a victim to that and just let that thing make you think that you're, you know, like that you're washed up or broken or whatever, or does that make you like, a great partner. Like, let's break this down. Like pretty much like what, you know, what you said, like, okay, you've been married before and, you know, now you can like relate to other women who maybe have some shame around that or guilt or embarrassment or something like that. Right. A hundred percent. And I think that, um, two things, I think one, 
everything, there's no um, failure if we learn from it, right? So if you go through an experience and you're like, this turned out poorly, then what the, I mean, I think the key to life is just being like, what is it that I can take away from that? And how can I use that to positively influence my life moving forward? Whether that's, is this the kind of person I want to be? Do I want to impact people in the way that this person impacted me? If not, then how can I make the adjustments to prevent myself from doing that? And how can I help other people in the process Um, versus becoming the thing that you, that hurt you? Um, Mm -hmm. And then I think the other thing being, I, I really believe that all great things start with compassion And I think that begins with ourselves and just being like talking, you know, if you saw a 10 year old being talked to the way that some of us have experienced people speaking to us or we speak to ourselves, you would meet them with you poor baby. Let me, how can I help you? Let me take care of you. But so often we don't treat ourselves that way. We meet ourselves with this degree of like harshness or like, why don't you feel better already? Why can't you just get it together? And that prevents healing and that prevents growth ultimately. Yeah. um, Because you're not a safe space to do it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally. And I, I do this all the time. Um, You know, if I'm on the phone with a client and they're like, Ugh, why can't I get over him? Or I can't believe I'm still sad or whatever they're like getting mad at themselves for. And I'm like, okay, let's pause. Now let's <laughs> pretend I just said like, so and so, why are you not over him yet? Like, come on, he was a jerk. Like, what's your problem? Just get freaking over him. <laughs> like, and I say to my client, like, how would you feel if I said that to you? And they're like, yeah. I think you're a bitch. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> And I wouldn't get out of my face (laughs) and you wouldn't feel safe and comfortable opening up to me and sharing with me, you know, what's, what's going on for you. So it's like, why would you expect anything different if you do that for yourself? You know, and I mean, it's just, it's just so crazy that like, if just about anything, I just feel like you can turn on to yourself and you're like, oh yeah, like I actually don't do that for myself. Like Mm -hmm. you didn't have a mom that was nurturing or motherly. Like, well, how are you treating yourself? Like, or like, how are you treating like if so many, I can't tell you how many times this happens. Like so many of my clients are teachers or nurses or some sort of like, like occupational therapist or something like that, where they're just helping kids, especially it almost seems to be like kids that are high risk um, youth. um, Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, what do you, what do you do for them? Like, how do you help them? And like, oh, I do this and this and this. I'm like, okay, do you do that for yourself? (laughs) They're like, and and I don't mean to sound like, oh, duh, because, like, I didn't get it until someone gosh, was like, no. you know, like, and, Veronica, hello. But it's just, it's like, oh, my gosh, why didn't I see this? It's, like, right in front of me. Yeah, and most of us need to be reminded of that on a yeah. daily basis. Yeah, that's It's that's not even, true. like, you don't just, like, learn it and then have it. It's, like, someone, you have to surround yourself with people who are, like, hey, remember? Remember what you do for me? Mm-hmm. Do that for yourself or have a coach or have somebody who is showing yeah. up for you in that way. Um, yeah. And I think you're right. I think there's also this belief that we're supposed to be the ones who are strong enough to handle everything, but we never expect other people to do the same. Mm. I would never look at you and say, take it all, just take it all and then rush through the process of healing and growth and do everything right. I would never let you hear me say that. I would never say that to you. Um, Mm. But for whatever reason, it feels like, you know what, but I'm supposed to do that. I'm Mm. supposed to be the one who could handle that. And that's Mm. just not fair. Yeah. So when did you start on this um, self-development journey or, or what triggered the start if there was like a turning point? Mm-hmm. I honestly, I've been 
I've kept a journal since I was six years old. Um, I've journaled every day since, since then, most days. And I think that that's been the core of my self-development process. Um, and I think that, you know, what that looks like has grown and developed over time. It used to be a lot of, like, you know, if I look back at my teenage journals, (laughs) it's drastically different, obviously. Do you have all your journals? I do, which is kind of a hoarding problem. Oh, I don't um, think so. My so my best. <laughs> I'll just interrupt you for a second. My yeah. my best friend from growing up, she kept a journal. I was never into journaling, and I'm still like, I do it sometimes when I'm doing a specific exercise, but it's definitely not a daily practice of mine. I just mm-hmm. have never been able to integrate it like every single day. Anyways, so she's kept a journal, and I mean, we've been best friends since like sixth grade, and like my entire like like middle school and high school dating life, which I don't even remember anymore is like very accurately and very like detailedly like oh, <laughs> documented. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just like so funny today, Veronica, you know, kissed Logan and it was her first oh. kiss. And she <laughs> it was just like, that's, that's so going to be funny. so helpful for you when you want to write a memoir one day. I like, know. I know. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. So it's so your self-development journey. Yeah. So I think it started with, um, journaling. And I think just a natural curiosity around personal growth. But I think if I'm, if I were to pinpoint something, I would say that at a very young age, I became religious mm-hmm. and, you know, there's a lot of controversy around that, but at that point, um, and there's a lot of complexity inside of myself as an adult now around what that looks like for me then. Mm-hmm. But there was a degree of that's where I learned to learn and grow. And so what I can take away from that is like, thank you for that experience. Um, and I learned and I grew through that process. I had a community of people who were all doing the same Mm -hmm. and, um, we were presented with new ideas and asked, you know, questions that made us look inward and then expected to kind of work toward our best selves. And I, I couldn't be more grateful for that. Yeah. Um, and I think that that plus the, the need to have an outlet to express myself, I think that combination is really like probably the reason that I got out of like my childhood with, um, very little scarring. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's just so, um, I mean, it's so wonderful that you were able to, I mean, a, that you just started journaling maybe out of the whim or just, you know, something inspired you to start journaling, but then also that you have, that you're able to have this, this community. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's been something that's really important for me too, because, um, you know, whether it's spirituality or religiousness, just like having a community who believes that there's something greater than us all, whether it's God or the universe or a spaghetti monster or like whatever it is, right? Like, I think is, Mm -hmm. is pretty humbling. Um, And also just a community of people who just want to be better and want to make the world better and want to do better. Um, thousand percent. I just, I just think that makes all the difference. Yeah. And that's, that's the key. I think is like, I don't care how you, how you phrase it. I want you in my life. If you are interested in learning and growing and showing compassion to each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you're getting married soon. We're both getting married in Asheville, pretty close to each other. (laughs) Actually, by the time this airs, I will have just gotten married. Um, this is Gonna, and you're getting married in August, right? Um, September. Oh, shoot, September. Okay. Close. close. But I know it's at yeah. a brewery or something like that, right? Yeah, yes. absolutely. Habitat Brewing. Yes, that's so cool. 
So cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone crashed her wedding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, how a relationship has, you know, helped you grow or your own personal work has helped the relationship grow? I'd love to hear, you know, just your journey with that. Mm-hmm. I think that um, when I was younger, when I was growing up, I I really believed that there was this uh, magic love spark. And even through the process of my first marriage, I felt like there's some magic love spark that I'm missing. And um, there's some magic trick and that everybody who's in love has experienced this magic spark. And they just have the spark every day forever. And well, I experienced the spark with my current partner, um, and it, it was incredible. It's like we were on the same frequency, and we just completely understood each other, and we were just operating at this magic level. Um, and I thought, this is love. But I think I didn't, I know that I didn't really understand love until I had to forgive him for the first time, mm-hmm. um, when he had done something that hurt me or made me feel threatened or scared me. And I had to say like, Oh, I have to make a choice. I have to choose, Mm -hmm. um, to be here versus just like ride this like exciting new feeling. Um, and so my, my worldview about love has drastically shifted through this relationship. And I've learned that we're just two humans trying to co coexist and create something. And I have this whole set of unsaid expectations that he has this whole set of unsaid expectations and sometimes they don't line up with each other mm-hmm. and we have to talk about it and we have to like sometimes talk about it in ways that are hard and we get to like some the root of things and it comes from a deep deep place of his experience and and my fear that comes from a deep place of my experience and we have to just problem solve together yeah. Um, versus just like this exciting rush of emotion um, every day, which we still experience. And I think the more you communicate, the more you can experience that. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think there's something really powerful behind this idea of like love is a choice. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you've experienced um, or even agree with or not agree with? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I grew up hearing that, to be honest, like people Mm -hmm. saying like marriage is a choice. Every day is a choice. We don't get married for 50 years without choosing. But I think that it just skipped my logical brain somehow Mm -hmm. when I was like, yeah, that's you. That's not what I'm going to have. And I couldn't see the magic in choosing. I think I think it was more like, oh, yeah, you're choosing this sacrifice every day. Mm -hmm. And instead through this experience of um, loving this other person so fully and so honestly, I now know that the choosing looks like, hey, you have a bunch of mess and I am just going to look at it and I'm going to accept it and say, you know what, that's the mess that I can live with forever. And yeah. like, you're going to look at my mess and I, and have to choose like, I'm going to assume that the mess isn't going away, going to go away. And in fact, I'm going to assume it's going to get like 10 times worse, <laughs> but I'm willing to, to handle that. And it's not going to be fun all the time, but I, I pick you and I pick that mess 
And on just a practical level, like, does this work? And one of the things I say to Obi, my partner, all the time is, you're the best roommate I've ever had. (laughs) And, like, I don't want to live with anybody else. That's so so funny you say that because one of my good friends – she's been married for a few years, but even before they got married, they were together for five years, like for, for, so for a while. And she always referred to him as her roommate. And I was friends with her actually before I met Stevie. And like, I just thought it was like, just silly. And and it was silly. Like she's a very funny, humorous person. Mm-hmm. Um, but she always just like, Oh, my roommate or me, and my roommate or whatever. <laughs> and yeah. it was just like, it was funny. But now that like, you know, I have a roommate, <laughs> it's, it's mm-hmm. like, there's actually like, Oh yeah, like this at a, at a very like basic level, it's just someone that you're trying to figure out life with. And Absolutely, life is hard enough to figure out like when you're on your own, you know, feeling mm-hmm. fulfilled and successful for whatever success even means. Um, but then like trying to manage like your dreams and your values and desires mm-hmm. and wants and needs with someone else's. I mean, being a good roommate is a really really good start. <laughs> Absolutely. And honestly, like on this, on the, with the idea of when I'm trying to manage my own hopes and dreams versus, um, when, how's my relationship aid me in that? I honestly used to hold this really sad belief that men saw a woman who was like truly thriving and pursuing their greatness. And they wanted to just like cage them up And then as soon as they weren't flying anymore, they were like looking for other pretty birds. Mm. And that is like heartbreaking to even say out loud. Like that's such a sad thing for me to have believed for so long. Mm -hmm. But then when you meet someone and you have someone in your life who is like, no, 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 no. I'm a container for you from which you can fly from and come back to. And I will fly out and I will come back and I will not only do that, but I will do what I can to like make you fly higher. Um, then that, that completely changed my worldview. Um, the belief that like, Oh, having you here makes me more successful because you support me so much. I love that. I love that. That's such a beautiful metaphor. Um, you know, and, and I can even find myself, um, especially as a relationship and a love coach and dating and all that kind of stuff. I can even find myself putting my, putting my own, like putting just a lot of pressure on me. I'm like, oh my gosh, so many women, like not relying on me because, you know, I don't really believe in that whole concept, but like, mm-hmm. um, you know, this, like my, my platform and my podcasts and blog and all that kind of stuff has really supported a lot of, a lot of women, but like, I'm just a human at the end of the day. Yeah. And I act like in ways sometimes with Stevie that I shouldn't. And he does that with me too. We still get in mm-hmm. fights. Some days I'm just like, ah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, like and, why are you a human and not a perfect robot? <laughs> um, and, and I think one thing that made it a lot worse in those moments wasn't actually whatever was going on or what the situation was, but was like the expectation and the pressure, like, oh my God, I'm a mm-hmm. fucking relationship coach. Like, and my relationship isn't perfect right now. What's wrong with me? <laughs> well, and I've I've recently um, expressed to to Obi that you know when we get into our worst arguments, it's because I haven't been kind to myself. It's because yeah. I expected myself to be better than that, 
And so then I turned that anger that I had to myself because I'm like, well, I'm not going to be angry with myself. And then I put it back onto him and that just like heightens. So then when I come to him with those expectations that he didn't agree to that I'm disappointed over, um, then I come to him with, why didn't you do this thing the way that you, I wanted you to do it, you know, instead of being like, Hey self, what's going on? Why are you disappointed? Yeah. Oh, you're disappointed because you wanted this thing. If he'd known that you wanted that, he would have happily done it because that's the kind of partner you have. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's so, I mean, I, that's so true. I, I, um, one of the lessons in the modules in the boot camp is about basically this topic, like having a conversation with your, with your partner and how to do that. But mm-hmm. before like, you know, actually initiating the conversation is like, I don't remember, it's like step four, step five, because those first few steps are just doing some self inquiry. And, you know, one example that, you know, I always share, um, you know, openly about my relationship is, you know, there was a patch where I just felt like there wasn't like much communication. Like I just wasn't, we weren't, I wasn't communicating with Stevie. Like he wasn't communicating with me. There's communication was just bad. And I basically took myself through this process. And what I realized is that I didn't need to have, I didn't, I didn't even need to have a communication or a, a conversation with him about our poor communication, because I realized that like, not only was I not communicating with him, like what I wanted or my expectations, I wasn't even clear on myself with myself about what I actually wanted. So I wasn't even communicating with myself (laughs) about Mm -hmm. what my expectations were. So of course I couldn't communicate that to Steve because I had no idea what I actually was like so upset or like feeling disconnected about. But then I was like, okay, self, like this is actually what I do want. Well, I can actually just start doing those things. (laughs) And, and usually that changes the circumstance. And then you don't have to have those kind of conversations. I mean, sometimes you might, and that's cool and nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with that, but it's just so crazy. Like how, you know, you can turn most issues around in your relationship and like, oh, yeah, like, I'm just not being true to myself, or I'm not taking care of myself, or I'm not um, honoring my or whatever it is, right? Like, it's, yeah. just, it's just so it's, it's crazy. I completely agree with that. I think that um, that's like, I just think that's brilliant. And I think that when I, I come to him with like, hey, this is something that I feel like this is something I want that usually comes after a deep conversation with myself about accepting the fact that I deserve the things that I want because I think we're taught from a very young age that we're not, we don't, that you're not allowed to have the things that you want. And if you Mm -hmm. want it, it must be bad. Mm -hmm. Um, Or or desire is bad. Desire is is bad. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you desire this thing, then you're wrong or it's shameful. Or it's selfish. You're selfish. Yeah. Um, Whereas if we just, you know, I think, demanding it, um, is a different thing than saying, Hey, this will make me happy. Um, something that my mom who's brilliantly said to me recently is that you're, you're a marriage in training. You don't know how to do this yet with each other. And you're just teaching each other how to love, how to feel loved by, you know, I'm telling him like, these are the things that make me feel loved by you. Mm -hmm. And you're telling me, he's telling me, these are the things that make me feel loved by you. Mm -hmm. And we're just like learning. Mm -hmm. And so expecting either of us to be good at it yet is just not really fair. Um, and just being like, oh, I'm, I'm constantly teaching you how to better engage with me. And I'm constantly teaching myself how to better engage with me and you. And Yeah, that's an important point. Um, and something actually that I've been thinking about, because, 
you know, I'm a huge podcast junkie. <laughs> and so sometimes I'll listen to someone and they're talking about their relationship with their spouse, or maybe it's like their relation, their spouse is on an episode or a co-host or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, and I start, you know, the comparisonitis starts coming out. And I'm oh, like, gosh. hold on, Veronica, they've been married for like 10 years. <laughs> like, I haven't even known CB for 10 years, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. and that's something I do with my clients with business. You know, like you can't, we can't compare your first year in business to someone else's 10th year in business right. because there's no, there's no comparison. They've already worked through a lot of the things that you're going to work through. Right. Um, and you can look at them and you can learn with them and you might be able to save a few years but you're not going to be where they're at now. Right. And it's just, yeah, I think that's brilliant to say that it's the same thing with marriage. Like they've done the work. Yeah. They've figured out a lot of things yeah. through trial and error. And I think error. that's something that like I've, I'm just beginning to, to see that I've, that I've been thinking about over the last year or so, um, you know, cause we got engaged almost a year ago. And so then of course <laughs> marriage is on the mind. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, we're not just dating anymore. And then it's just, you know, and, and I think one reason why dating is really hard and why relationships are hard and why a lot of times they fall apart is, or especially marriages fall apart is because, um, I think we live in a society where marriage is like the goal, like, okay, yeah. you get married, like, okay, cool. Now you're successful. Like now you're validated because you have this partner. Um, but like, for me, like the way I'm really viewing my upcoming wedding and marriage is that like, it's just the beginning. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just really at this point, we're like, like, we're, we're pretty much good with each other. And we're going to deal with each other's mess and weirdness, like Mm -hmm. what you were talking about earlier. Um, But it's not like the end game. It's not the, you know, it's, I don't know, it's not like the fairy tale ending, you know what I mean? Like, that's not what love is. I don't think it's not what relationships are. Yeah, um, and I, I, and not to co- keep comparing um, marriage to business, but that's no, I my think brain. there's actually lots of comparisons between I not can, just marriage but relationships and dating and business. There's so many. <laughs> I can go all day about that. Yeah, it's like my <laughs> oof, it's good stuff. Um, but I think when you're thinking about um, goal, you know, when I talk to people about goal setting, I'm thinking there's not a destination. You yeah. have to think about what you want it to feel like because if you are like, I'm gonna just bust my ass until I get to this point that that point will never come because once you get there, you're going to pick a new point because that like need to achieve, it never goes away. And so if you operate with how do I want it like this experience to look on a day to day basis, because our life is just made up of like this day and then tomorrow and then the next day. And then eventually that builds into our entire life. It's the same thing with relationships where you're like, you have to have a vision for what you want it to be like. What do you mm-hmm. want your days to look like? So that mm-hmm. when you 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 know you hit that 50 year mark, you look back and you're like, we we chose this. Like we chose the way we were gonna interact with each other. We chose the priorities that we would set as far as goals in our you know, our separate lives and our combined lives. We thought about how much alone time we needed and we made sure we eat, we both felt nourished in the process. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's a choice you can make. Yeah. I think that's just so important. And, and, you know, with, you know, being in the industry that I am and working with the women that I've worked with and also knowing my own experiences when I was, mm-hmm. when I was dating, I really think that 
that belief is, and it's not even, it's like a societal belief, you know, it's like all, I mean, okay. Guilty pleasure. I love the bachelor and the bachelorette, like whatever, (laughs) judge me all you want. I don't care. I love it. (laughs) We're all allowed some guilty pleasures. And I mean, I love it, but at the same time, like it's so awful how like the end game is just like the marriage and, Mm -hmm. and like, or the proposal or whatever. As if like that's it, and it's and it's not just TV. I mean, it's it's been ingrained in us like in a in a very very deep way. Like, I um I used to live in Charleston, South Carolina, and it's like Charleston for those of you who don't know is like the only cool place in South Carolina to go out. <laughs> uh, so because of that, there would be bachelorette parties there. Like every single oh, bar, yes. if you went out on Friday Saturday night, you were going to see a bachelorette party every weekend mm-hmm. like with because like everyone in South Carolina and probably like the eastern Georgia area would all just go to Charleston this one place to go out so anyways um I was at this bar and there was a bachelorette party naturally and the and they were all wearing like these t-shirts and it had like a video game like um picture on it and and then like like it was a what is the word like a print screen or a one of those t-shirts i don't know whatever i don't know fashion Mm -hmm. stuff anyways but it said like um game over and then like the date of the wedding oh gosh and it's just like no (laughs) i'm just like no 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 like (laughs) just just no (laughs) and i think that that's where we lose ourselves i think that when we are when you are dating and you're in that process and you are you're looking for a, a partner I think a lot of us, when we're looking for that, like, this is a win just to get to propose to is a win, Mm -hmm. then you're looking through the lens of how can I make him want to marry me Mm -hmm. versus who do, who do I think I'm going to build a successful life with? And then you enter into your dynamics, your dating dynamic, dating dynamics with the filter of, do you have the qualities I'm looking for? Yeah, because we have to build something together. And if you don't have the skills or you don't have the like complementary character traits or the ability to compromise and discuss things, then we're not going to we're not going to build anything that'll last. Right. Right. Oh, that's I think that's another important point. Like and, and for me as a relationship and love coach and, you know, all those fun things, I really, really try to basically do or say what the opposite of like typical dating advice is because it is about just like getting the second date or getting the third date. But it's like, well, how about you just learn more about yourself and what questions to ask and what to look for so you know if someone would be someone you actually even want to build a life with in the first place. And if it's not, then screw the second date. Who cares? Like it's a waste of it's a waste (laughs) of your your time and your energy. And, you know, and I already hear so much that dating they don't have women don't have time. It's exhausting. Well, it's like, well, just get super clear on what you want, mm-hmm. which is a lot of what the work I do with my clients, but, um, so that you, you know, aren't, <laughs> you know, aren't wasting so much time. It maybe does take, um, less time. And, mm-hmm. um, oh, I know what I was going to say. I was actually scrolling through Instagram. I've been referring to Instagram a lot of my interviews lately. So people listening are probably like, oh my God, this girl's always on Instagram. That's magical place. I I do love Instagram. One day I'll deal with that addiction, but today's not the day. (laughs) Um, But anyways, so I was scrolling and I forget which um, dating app it was, but it was some dating app and they had like, you know, how you can scroll through pictures now, like on the same post, you can see like five. And so like they had like five little graphics of, 
five ways to get to the second date. And mm-hmm. I don't remember what the five ways were, but I was just thinking like, hmm, none of that happened with Stevie and me. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> actually, we we like kind of met and then we kind of had a date, but not really. And then like we had a date and then it was canceled. And then we met again three weeks later and then we had a date. And so like, it was like pretty messy. Yeah, same. It was not like, like make sure you call or text right after the date or plan or schedule the date while you're still on the first date. It's like, Oh my God. Oh gosh. No. Cause then it just turns into like a, like a game, like of trying to get the date just cause like, that's going to make you feel a certain way because you know, then maybe you're, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's right. nonsense. It's, it's crazy, honestly. And like, it's like, no wonder why you have all these rules and strategies and tips in your head. Like, no wonder why dating makes you feel like a crazy person. Like, right. hell, like maybe you feel like you're a crazy person with all these like tips and things. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I think that like, when we get to the point where we realize like, it's either going to work out or it's not, it really doesn't matter what we like if all that I can do is be in control of how I am with myself Mm -hmm. and then have like reasonable expectations for another person. And then like, it's either going to work out or it's not. I can't like try and interpret his text messages or try to like read into like, well, he waited two days to text me back. It's like, no, if he like, if you guys want to see each other, try and see each other. And if you don't, then don't. And if he doesn't seem as, engaged as you then like he's not you know let it go yeah yeah and and for me when I was when I was dating in DC before I met Stevie I had gotten to a point where like just my self-esteem and confidence wise I was really able to date from that space where it's like Mm -hmm. if I wanted to see them like I was definitely going to text them and um it's really funny because I was going I just recently replaced my phone, but before I replaced my phone, I had that annoying problem where like I had no more room on my phone. Like I was just (laughs) always deleting pictures or texts or something so I could, you know, download updates to my apps or whatever, or use email (laughs) anyway. So I was going through some of my old texts deleting and I found this guy that he was the last person I went on a date with before I met Stevie. And (laughs) it was just this text exchange where I was like pretty clear. I was like, Hey, I really enjoyed our time together and um would love to see you again and he was like being kind of wishy-washy but of course I was like whatever I'm just gonna throw him a freaking bone and so mm-hmm. I was just like well let me know I, I remember exactly I should probably post this conversation take a screenshot of it put it on my blog or something maybe I'll do that one day um anyways and he just completely fell off the face of the earth and like like you know did it and never you know had a second had a second date after that um but like looking back at that now like I was so proud of myself that I was that I did that like a lot of the other dates that mm-hmm. I followed up with like you know they went the way I wanted to go like we we had a second or a third date but then obviously those relationships ended but you know for that I was still like hey this is what I want and he wasn't interested obviously funny enough mm-hmm. though like six weeks after that so at this point I was already dating Stevie but six weeks or I don't know eight weeks something like that after that he texted me and he was like hey, I just, this might be really random and I'm going to butcher the exact thing that he said, but basically, like, I thought you were really great. I just really wasn't in a place to be in a relationship. I thought I was. Um, So basically, like, my being available to him, like, scared him off because he clearly Mm -hmm. wasn't being available or he wasn't available at the time. And so I don't know how I got off on that tangent, but I just wanted to share that story. No, and I think it's good. (laughs) I think it's just more efficient, too, to be like, All right. Like if he's, if he's even, 
if they're in the same position as you, if the same level of interest is there, mm. that's going to be received well. It's just like, it's just a level of interest. And if they're not as invested or interested, then let's just get the information as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm pretty much a should I get off the pot kind of girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so how do you balance, um, you know, having a relationship and a commitment um, with, well, I mean, for you having a business, obviously, but whether it's, I know there are some entrepreneurs listen to this podcast. So whether you have a business or just have like, a career that you love or a job, you know, how do you, how do you balance that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think that a big piece of it is picking a partner who gets it. Um, I think that, um, I've been in relationships in the past where they just didn't understand my job and that's very difficult, um, to, Mm -hmm. to process. And I, and I think choosing Mm -hmm. someone who's like, I'm, even if they don't get it, they're willing to learn how to get it. I think that's a big deal. Um, And then the second piece being just we're coordinators. Like Obi and I, we sit down together um, every week and we give each other like, here's what I need to do. Here's what you need to do. Um, We're going to clean the house this day. You get alone time this day. I get alone time this day. I'm going to be working late. These three days, can you take care of dinner? Like we just coordinate our weeks and we almost treat it like a, like a business meeting where we're like, okay, what's the week going to look like for both of us? Yeah. And every other week we have his son. And so that comes into play too. And so it helps us to coordinate and be like, who's picking the boy up and who's dropping him off and that whole process. Mm. Um, I really like that because one thing that happened that was like a very sore subject when Steve, well, Stevie and I moved in together literally the same month that I started my business. So it was two like very like wow. new things. And the moving in together, like, okay, I understood that was a big thing. Business, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I was mm-hmm. like, and I'm glad I didn't because if I did, I probably wouldn't have done it. But so I'm glad about that. <laughs> um, but oh my gosh, I used to just sit at my computer honestly, probably not doing anything productive to be totally fair. Um, but for like 12 hours a day, like I had so much to do and it's never enough time. And I just never got anything done. And, and like the way we had divvied up chores around the house is that I was to be in charge of dinner and, or cooking dinner and laundry. And Stevie did most of the cleaning and fixing around the house. And he did also the grocery shopping. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, I like can never get myself my act together to like cook dinner. And so we'd get, he'd get home and there wouldn't be dinner. And I'd be like, uh, can you make it? I'm really busy. Or like, there's just, it wouldn't really happen. And we'd just be eating just like, I don't know, like a raw carrot out of the refrigerator. Like, <laughs> and it was, a, and, and it was like, it was, it wasn't good. Like it was, and it was totally me just not, well, I, I mean, yes, we like, well, let me, let me back up. So it was definitely me not having boundaries or, um, you know, boundaries with myself, but also taking care of myself. So there was certainly no self care. Um, but now like if, you know, I have a, I usually just keep one night a week if I have a webinar or something, but one night a week is like a late night for clients just so I can Mm -hmm. do like Pacific coast or like, I don't know, people who work late or whatever. Um, but now it's like, hey, Stevie, I have clients Wednesday night. Can you make dinner? And it's like no big deal. But it's just like having that communication and that expectation set out like, yeah. you know, ahead of time. 
And I think it's like, one, I just want to say like, way to go, way to start a business and move in with somebody in the same time. Like that is, that is something to celebrate. That's a big deal. Um, but I think also that we often make these when you're, when you're an ambitious and like a structured person, we create these rules around things and we don't let them change. And so I think that, you know, what probably happened is you're like, okay, this is how we do things. And so then when your life wasn't allowing you to do your piece of that, um, it, you both lose, right? Because you feel bad and then he, you know, he doesn't have dinner. And so what, what like I'm learning over time is that the more fluid I can be with those like positive intentions, the better, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it would be wonderful if every night one of us was cooking dinner and we split it up like that. But right now for our life, realistically, that's not working. So Mm -hmm. what can we, how can we flow and adjust with this and let it, kind of bend and sway with us as we bend and sway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then it's less of like, I failed and more of like, Oh, right now this isn't quite working. Yeah. Um, Yeah. mm -hmm. I love that. And you know, one thing that I've been saying recently is this is actually something I learned recent, not learned, but like just someone's recently said in marketing and I was watching a, I don't know, a webinar or something, but basically, you know, when you're selling something, you have to be so clear. And if an eight year old can't understand it, then you're not being clear enough. And I honestly think the same thing is true in relationships. And it's not because your partner is, is dumb or you're dumb and you have to water things down. I just think that's what effective communication is Mm -hmm. like just being super clear. Like could an eight year, like eight year old understand, like instead of beating around the bush and sending like, I don't know, smoke signals or whatever, Mm -hmm. like just clearly saying like, this is what I expect or let's like get all of our expectations or needs or whatever out on the table and just be super clear with what's getting done or what's not getting done. Because I can't tell you how many arguments have started with, well, I thought you were going to do this or or, almost every argument. I feel like, yeah. Or like, or I, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I just can think of just so many times where, um, Stevie was like, well, I thought you were going to empty out the dishwasher. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I would have had you asked me to, but like, it just wasn't one of my priorities in the afternoon. I was going to do it at some point, but you know what I mean? It's just like having those yeah. expectations. Like, I don't think you can be too clear. Like, I just think, I just, I just don't think you can be too clear. That's just my own personal. Totally. And I think that. that that plays into, um, processing too. Like I've learned like a recently a friend of mine said to me, you know, the idea that we're one partner that we rely on for everything is Mm -hmm. pretty like new as far as society is concerned and that we used to be a lot more communal. And in that hearing her say that I, I recognize a very specific piece of my process with Obi, which was I would always try if I were frustrated with him, I would talk to him and try and figure it out. Mm -hmm. And then throughout so then I would talk and talk and talk and in the very end I would get to the nugget of truth which is usually I had an expectation of you that I didn't communicate but what he experiences is all of the ways that I was disappointed with him up to that and so he he would like latch on to each of those pieces Mm -hmm. which would cause us to it would be very confusing whereas instead it's like if I rely on my community my girlfriends you know and I have that conversation of like hey, I'm experiencing this. 
if it's a woman that I trust and respect and who is looking out for me in my relationship, they have always like turned it around and shown me like, Hey, what about this? Can Mm -hmm. you look at it from this side? And then I get to that like nugget of truth faster, which is like, Hey, maybe in the future it would mean a lot to me if da da da. Yeah. Yeah. Which is drastically different than, Hey, you did this thing and it made me mad. Yeah. 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 I think, and that's, that's another thing like, um, that I always say, like the feel statements, the I feel statements. And mm-hmm. it's so funny because this is something that we learned when I was a camp counselor at summer camp, like how to communicate with your co-counselor and stuff. Oh, and like, great. Oh, it's so cheesy, blah, blah, blah. But it's also like <laughs> so true because you, you can, no one can dispute what your experience is. Right. But you can, someone can dispute you always do this or you did that or you never do this. And it's like, that theoretically could be disputable, you know, and it just yeah. and it could put someone on the defensive. Whereas, Hey, when you did X, it made me feel Y or I felt X when you did Y. And if they care about you, of course they don't want to make you feel bad. And then that opens the door to have a heartfelt conversation about, you know, where, where it went wrong and then what can happen in the future to be better. Mm-hmm. And I think it is, you have to operate from the belief that most people want to be a good teammate. They just don't know what you need or what you're expecting. Yeah. Um, and, and letting them have the opportunity to show up for you before being disappointed with them. You know, we can choose to not communicate and be like, why didn't you do that? Or we can choose to say, Hey, this is what would feel really great to me in the future, or this is what I feel, and this is how I, I hope that you can show up for me, or, you know, would mean a lot to me. Yeah. That gives them the opportunity to go above and beyond. Oh, I love that. And I think that's a really, a really great place to wrap up the conversation mm-hmm. and just, you know, giving people the opportunity to let them be the partner that you want them to be. I think that's a really important nugget to think about. Um, I listen to a podcast where they call them thought, thought McNuggets. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I just think that's a, that's, that's so important because, you know, we often, um, you know, especially women. And I know this happens because I've seen it. My clients do it. Um, you know, come from a place where they've been hurt and whether it's something from childhood or past relationships or repeated disappointment, and so they're dating from a place of fear and assuming that the guy is the guy is guilty until proven innocent. Yeah. And when you're coming in from that place, it's I mean, I think people can sense that people can sense like that you are basically grilling them and you're testing them to to see if they're good, good enough or innocent or whatever. And I think that puts people on the defensive. I think it turns people off and it doesn't give them the opportunity to let them be the partner that you would like them to be um yeah yeah wow um this is such a great conversation i love how this was like probably one of the most like free-flowing like conversations that i've that i've had yeah i think people are gonna love eavesdropping or they're gonna feel like they're just eavesdropping on a conversation that we've had just like you know privately so i'm so glad that this is recorded and it can get out to people's earbuds because i think it's going to be so insightful and powerful for them so i just really appreciate your your time um so if people want to find you sarah jane where can they find you online yeah so my website is sarahjanecase.com 
And I'm all over Instagram, and that too is just Sarah Jane Case. And Facebook is Sarah Jane Case on Facebook as well. So I'm pretty easy to find. Awesome. And the question I always ask my guests is, what is your favorite way to treat yourself? Ooh, I love that. Um, So I used to be really big into um, going out to dinner by myself. I used to, I really loved that. Nice. Um, I'm in the phase now of being like really conscious of like what's nourishing to me. And so thinking about like, okay, what, not what feels luxurious, but what feels really nourishing. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm honest, what feels really nourishing to me right now is sitting by being by water. Um, nice. And just like taking, like cooking myself. I, I, I play this game where I take all the vegetables out and put them on the counter uh-huh. and then just try and figure out what I can make. And because I love the act of cutting up vegetables, like I think it's just one of the most romantic sensations. And so wow. if I turn on really good music and just cut up some vegetables and make a really nourishing meal, it's like I'm doing myself favor. Oh, feels really good. That's awesome. I love that. Stevie's like that. He can see like two things we have in the refrigerator when I think we need to go grocery shopping. And he's like, Oh, no, I can make a meal from this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm like, I'm like a recipe girl, but he's way more creative in that sense than me. Like he can, like, I need to go to the grocery store with a list. Whereas Mm -hmm. he just wants to go and see what's fresh and he'll get whatever's fresh or what's like on sale or what looks really good or whatever. And then That's he'll come cool. home and like, I, 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 I've tried doing that. And then I just end up buying a bunch of crap that I never use and it goes yeah. bad. And then it's just, it's a bad situation. Yeah. So. You end up with like food <laughs> that you're like, what was I thinking? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I've embraced myself that, or embraced the yeah. part of me that needs recipes and embrace the part of CV that doesn't need a recipe or a list. So yeah, that's true. I, I love that though. Um, I mean, I've, I've, I've come to I started loving cooking and then I hated cooking. And then once I saw it as a way to nourish myself and Stevie, then I started liking it more. Um, Mm -hmm. But when I saw it as a chore, I hated it. I just simply just changed the way I looked at it and it's made it a lot better. So I think I used to think I hated cooking and then I realized I just hated cooking meat. Um, And so I just quit cooking meat. I was just like, I don't, I don't cook the meat in our house anymore. So yeah. And I was like, Oh, I love, I love it. Otherwise. Yeah. We don't cook with meat except for, once a quarter, we have a very funny system that I actually stole from one of my friends. So once a quarter, Stevie has to take me on a really nice date out, like out to dinner somewhere. And then once a quarter, I'll eat a steak with him. And I'm a vegetarian. Oh, that's so fine. I have steak four times a year with Stevie. And tomorrow's our steak day for quarter two. Oh, congratulations um, on yeah. steak day. Yeah, to I'm TV. excited. <laughs> it's his birthday. So that's what the celebration Aww. is an honor or the steak is an honor of. Um, so everyone recording, or y'all were recording this in late May. So this will go out. And so I, I would have already had my steak by the time this goes out. But we will be in quarter three soon. So then I'll probably having a steak again somewhat soon. <laughs> Anyways, I know we have a funny system. Anyways, well, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Um, yeah, and thank you having so this conversation. Much. I think it's gonna be so helpful for women to listen to. It's wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. This was incredible. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. 
Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.